0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. We're going to get started this morning. Uh, how many need an outline? Raise your hand if you need one. You should have one by now. But we are going to continue with our series on on choices. And this morning I want to talk to you about how... Uh, Choices can have an impact and they can outlast your lifespan here on this earth. They continue. In other words, the ramifications, they echo and echo and echo of of the choices you make. Following certain biblical principles, you can leave either a legacy... A spiritual inheritance which will affect the lives of others for all of eternity. It's all about choices this morning. And we've been talking about that the last three weeks. Our choices, whether small or mighty, affect people positively or negatively. People like Abraham Lincoln abolishing slavery. Franklin Delano Roosevelt leading our country through the Great Depression. A Mother Teresa helping the poor. Even the greatest evangelist of our time, Billy Graham, have all left a lasting impression and their legacy upon generation after generation. Presidents also leave a legacy. Many of you here um, maybe already know what kind of legacy President Obama has left, but I'm not here to talk about that. But we all leave a legacy, good or bad. What is it? What legacy are you going to leave behind based on your choices today? Because there's people like, and the following names have a similar theme. People like Stalin, Hitler, Jim Jones, Timothy McVeigh, they all left the legacy as well, but for all the wrong reasons, and many, many others like that. But again, today I want to speak to you about the choices we make which should lead us to a spiritual legacy, a spiritual inheritance for those who come after us, our children and our grandchildren. It's so important, parents, grandparents today, that the choices you make are impacting your children today. Amen? Amen. Passing on... To the next generations, a legacy with eternal value. Having eternal perspective is what each of us should have as parents, as, as grandparents. When we make choices, having an eternal perspective and it's it's far more than a temporal inheritance of money uh, when i'm talking about legacy i'm not talking about uh, an inheritance in terms of money i'm talking about what are you leaving behind our connection question this morning is what do you want people to remember about you when you pass on see you know and i and i and i remember my brother domingo this morning He left behind, in that short time that we knew him here in our church, he left behind an infectious smile. He left behind a loving, compassionate heart. Every one of you here that met Brother Domingo knows about the legacy he left behind, not only to us, but to his widow, to his family. They remember that and will always remember that and cherish that. What are you leaving behind today? What kind of a legacy are each of you leaving behind? Your children and grandchildren should be the number one target for this legacy. Your children and your grandchildren. Why? Because you have direct influence on them. I may not have direct influence upon your children. I do in a small capacity. But you have more, more power and ability to make an impact upon their lives this morning. A wise pastor once said the following, My two highest priorities are serving, number one, the Lord, and serving my family. He had it right, serving the Lord and then serving my family. Today, my children, which I'm very proud of, I give sincere thanks to the Lord because they're serving the Lord. They love the Lord. I don't have to pull them into church. They do it out of their own uh, choice. Now, this doesn't happen accidentally, as you know. Nothing happens by accident. It required Anna and I to do our part at home in raising our children. It requires our our part in making wise choices in terms of having an eternal perspective. It required discipline, instruction in the Word of God, teaching them to love church, not to hate church or despise it, but to love it. And to live for God before them, you know before their lifestyle for twenty four seven every every day of every year uh, of every week of every month, we need to put God number one amen amen, amen. so this morning i 've titled this sermon. Wise choices leave a lasting legacy. Wise choices leave a lasting legacy. And I want to read Proverbs 13 and verse 22 this morning. If you'll just stand with me real quick. We want to read that scripture uh, one more time. in in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, when you have that, say amen. Amen. I didn't hear all the amen, so... (laughs) I need more amens than that. Can I hear an amen when you have it? Pre- Proverbs thirteen twenty two, and it's in your outline. So if you have it, say amen. 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 Now that's a better amen. Chapter 13 and verse 22 says the following, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, it endures forever. It brings us truth. It brings us direction. It brings us wisdom. And I pray, Lord, that each one here that hears my voice, those on SoundCloud.com, Lord, that hear this, Sermon, Lord, would be blessed today that they would receive from Your Word, Your anointed Word today. And Lord, we pray Your blessing upon each here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. I'll oh, bless you. And there, there's power in that word right there. That that verse. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. I mean, let's be honest. Today, every one of us as parents. Or grandparents, you want to leave something good for your children. You want to be able to say, I want to do something better than my parents did for me. That's every good parent's intention. Everybody with me on that one? Yeah. Every single one of you, I know, deep in your heart, want to give your children something better than what your parents gave you. And that should be our, our, our spiritual attitude in life, amen? Here's what I want to tell you about legacy Legacy. A legacy is defined, number one, as money or property bequeathed to another by a will or something handed down from an ancestor or a predecessor or from the past. Legacies are special gifts from one person to another, from one generation to the next. As Christians, we should always seek to leave a lasting legacy of godliness for those that come after us. Amen? That should be our number one priority as parents, as believers. And I want to talk to you this morning about a few points, about three points, of how we can do that. Three conditions for leaving a spiritual legacy. And it's all based on your choices here today. Amen? Number one... Let's get into this here. Maintaining godly character and conduct. And how many know that in today's world, if you're not careful, I mentioned this last week, you can be right on the edge. It's, it's like almost you, you come to this point and say, well, I know if, if I, I, I can come right here because I'm good. I'm not sinning. But you'll come right up to it, and you'll brush up against that sin. But you're, but you're good, but, but you're right on the fence. And maintaining a godly character and conduct doesn't mean you go there. It means you stay away from the fence. It means you stay out here where you're safe. Amen? And, and Proverbs 22 and verse 1. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. Let me just read that to you here real quickly. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. I have that right here. Bear with me. It says this, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Amen? Better than silver or gold. It's talking about character there. Talking about character. In our day, we live in this this moral vacuum. You see, what I mean by that is, People, you know, we we read about these things, and I'm thinking about past presidents that have been caught in acts of adultery and this and that, and and, and the world is quick to forgive, and and we should forgive those that, that ask for forgiveness, but years later we can view that person as... What a good character this person, you know, is. and Or this may be somebody at your workplace that lives in sin, but yet he's, he's esteemed because he's the CEO. He's a hard worker. He works 80 hours a week. He provides for his family. He never sees his family, but he provides for them. And they, the world esteems him and holds him up because he's, he's done all the things according to the world that he should be doing, but he has no character. He lacks character. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying this morning? Yeah. You, the world can can tell you. That you can sleep around and still be a good brain surgeon. And there's nothing wrong with it because you're a brain surgeon. He went to Stanford and got an education. He, he went and graduated from the highest hospital with a degree. And he's esteemed because he's a brain surgeon. But he can sleep around. No. We've got it twisted all upside down. Amen. We need to maintain godly character and conduct. Amen? Amen? You can be a successful salesperson and cheat on your income tax. Right? That's what the world tells you. We have all these things that we can do because everybody else does it. We can come right up to here, like I said, and brush up against sin and not see anything wrong with it. And fail to realize that that's not godly character. Amen? Godly character. And I always think of this word integrity. Integrity is what you do when nobody's looking that is integrity. What are you doing when nobody's looking? Because God sees all. And it goes back to a, a couple of weeks ago when I when I spoke on this one situation. This one individual came up to me and said, but I don't want all these other people to know about what's going on. And this person was in this this moral situation. You don't know this person, so don't worry. Nobody that comes here, so I can feel free to speak about this. But... This person was was caught in a sin and didn't want anybody else to know. He says, I don't want anybody to know. And I looked at this person saying, Why in the world are you worried about that when God already knows and saw exactly what took place? It just, it was so mind-blowing to me that this person didn't put God number one in their life to realize that. And, because there was no integrity there. There was no godly character there. There was no godly conduct there. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says this, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, which is moral excellence or character. See, it's not something that you're born with. You're not born with virtual excellence or um, character. You have, to, you have to hone that. You have to develop that. See, the world, according to the Bible, we're sinners and we're, our heart is far from the Lord. We have to hone that, that character uh, trait of excellence. Amen? Amen? Of character in your life. How many had an influence in your life growing up? Some, An uncle, a father, a grandfather, a grandmother. Somebody that showed you what true character is like. Amen? All of us did at some point. And you looked at that person and said, I want to grow up and be like that person. That person has good morals, good character. And somehow they stood the test of the world's challenges that were thrown to them. Amen? And yet they stood out. That can be you today. That should be you today. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 through 16 say the following. 1 Peter chapter one verses fifteen through sixteen. But as he with which has called you holy, or is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Or in your conduct for it is written be holy for I am holy in other words did you know that the words that come out of your mouth that God holds us accountable for those words in fact the Bible says every idle word that comes out of your mouth you will be held accountable next time someone comes up to you and says hey psst. psst I got some juicy gossip for you. Check this out. At that moment is is the Lord telling, is warning you and saying, you need to step out and walk away. Right there. It's his warning. Because you don't need to be involved in that. Because the next question leads to, really? And how how long ago was that? And who and where and what and why? And and then now you're involved in that whole thing. Don't tell me you haven't been there. We've all been there. We all have that choice though. We need to. Step away. We need to walk away and continue to have conduct. Because the other thing is, you don't want to hear those issues. Because the next time you see that person, oh, there goes that person that blankety blank 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 did this or that, right? You don't want to have that on your conscience. Let it, give it to God. Just say, Lord, deal with that person. Help them, Lord. Amen. Well, we sometimes we place a lot of value on reputation, right? All of us do. But there's a huge, huge difference between character and reputation. Character and reputation. So, for example, reputation is what you are supposed to be. What you are supposed to be. That's what your reputation. Character, on the other hand, is what you are. It's what you are. Character is who you are today, tomorrow at work. You can't hide your character. Your character will come out. Amen? Amen. Character is what you are. Everybody say that with me. Character is what you are. Character is what you are. Here's the thing about reputation. A reputation can be made in a moment, good or bad, usually bad. Usually when you do a bad thing, make a bad choice, a reputation is made from that time, right? How many remember back to their high school days, and -and so-and-so had a reputation, right? Because of a choice they made. How many know in in, in your workplace, so-and-so made a decision, now they have a reputation, right? It follows you. Character, on the other hand, is built in a lifetime. You build it step by step. Character, character. How many want to have godly character here this morning? That's all of you, amen? All of you need to desire that. Reputation grows like a mushroom. Character grows like an oak. It's strong. You can't move it. When you have good character, you can't move it. Your reputation, again, is what people think you are. Your reputation is what people think think you are. Your character on the other hand is what God knows you to be. Who God knows you to be. That's your character. See you can't hide your character. Um, you, you can you can proclaim to be a, a, a good person. A godly person. But in the heat of the moment guess what's going to come out? Your character your true character is going to come out. Amen? And, and again I'm not saying that um, there aren't where we, we say dumb things, because all of us say dumb things, including Pastor Rick, we say dumb things sometimes. And we, we need to follow that up with, Lord, forgive me, or Anna, forgive me, or whatever the case might be. We need to ask for forgiveness. But your true character will come out. Amen? And point number two, we, learned, we have to learn to hold on to godly convictions. I want to read a scripture, Deuteronomy, two scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. These are probably some of my favorite scriptures in the entire Old Testament, these two scriptures here. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Basically, what it's saying there is, whenever you're talking, talk to your children about scriptures. It's, and, and you could be here today and say, well, Pastor Rick, I don't know the scriptures that well. That's all right. You'll get there. You can know them. But here in, in life, every day, God gives us lessons. Every day, God gives us lessons. As we were singing that song about deep waters, and I just remembered back when we were kids, my brother... He doesn't like deep water because he's almost like a cat, like has nine lives. That boy over there has almost drowned three times. And I've been there every time that he should have died. I'm serious. Three different times God has watched him. Two of the times I had to save him, and I'm not a good swimmer. Uh, that's another story for another day, but Reuben doesn't like deep waters. And it's, it's a struggle when we're in deep waters, but we know that God is there, amen? And he was just a young kid in all three of those situations. Well, the third one at Lake Berryessa, you were an adult, that was your fault. But we're not going to get there, we're not going to go there. Amen, God is good, amen? Amen. Uh, Timothy, chapter 1, I want to read this scripture, verse 5, Timothy 1 and verse 5. "...when I call to remembrance, or when I take recollection, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also." Again, holding the godly convictions, because you see there's power when you see these people in your life, mentors. Parents, godparents, uncles, aunts, uh, grandmothers, grandparents that have a godly character and it's a conviction that is passed on from them to you, you want to hold on to that. Here where it's talking about Timothy, Timothy had these wonderful traits that he developed because they were passed on to him from his grandmother, from his mother to him you have the power today as a as a grandparent as a parent sometimes you think oh it's not doing any good i don't see any difference in my children or in my grandchildren believe me it's doing good the the word of god never comes back void the bible says you proclaim it over them you pray it over them bless them when they're not when they're asleep you say a prayer right over them come up to them your grandchildren god hears those and honors those prayers Amen. Amen? Convictions on the inside will always show up on the outside. In your lifestyle. Amen. Amen? To violate a conviction would be a sin. How many have ever felt impressed by God? Maybe to to not do something any, any longer. Not that it was a, a sin per se. But how many have ever felt... Uh, the Lord tell you, hey, uh, you need to stop watching TV right now for the next week or two weeks or a month. Or you need to get off of that social media for for a month. A- and it's a conviction that God lays on your heart. And I'm just using those as, as examples because I've heard people say this. And so they do that. And what God is trying to do is develop and build this closer relationship with you. But here's the thing. If God is impressing that upon you and you go back to that, That's a sin now. It's a sin. Even though you're not breaking any of the Ten Commandments. Commandment number 11 doesn't say, thou shalt go on to Facebook. It doesn't say that. But if God speaks to you and gives you a conviction, then listen to that. Listen to that. Because He will. And He's developing and honing your character. Amen? Your conduct. Convictions on the inside will always show up on the outside. I remember, because I can relate to that, for a period of time, earlier when I became a believer, the Lord told me not to watch TV. Just to give up TV, period. And I was totally addicted to watching sports TV. I had ESPN. Uh, I, I watched ESPN, I watched Sports Channel, all the, the channels. And uh, and the Lord said, you need to give up that TV because it's going to prevent you from growing the way I want you to grow. So for three years, I didn't watch TV. I, I never watched TV. Um, if I came to somebody's house that had a TV, okay, I'd, I'd sit down there. But I didn't go and watch TV, go visit anybody because they had a TV. And it was a great time for me. And I knew that for me, if I were to disobey that, that would be a sin for me at that time. You, are you tracking with me? Yes. Amen. So, so the Lord may speak to you about a conviction, because He's trying to grow character and godly conduct in you. Amen. Okay. And here's our, th- our third point this morning, about choices. Demonstrating godly compassion. This is one that is dear to me. We need to demonstrate godly compassion. Colossians 3 and verse 21 says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they be discouraged. Why would you want to do that, fathers? Mothers, why would you want to do that and discourage your your children? Of course not. Ephesians 6 and verse 4 says the following, And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, as, as parents, we need to demonstrate love. If, if we're admonishing our kids or, or belittling them, do you think they're going to want to come to church with you on Sunday morning? No. No, of course not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to come if my parent is beating me up during the week and says, okay, it's Sunday morning, time to get up, let's go. I I don't want to go, sorry. We need to make sure that we're building up our kids in love, amen? Amen. Titus 2 and verse 4 says the following, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. Again, demonstrating godly compassion here, and then uh, Colossians three nineteen: husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them. That's a command for you, husbands. And I can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Galatians five thirteen the ones that didn 't say amen you 're in trouble now hey, galatians five thirteen for brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. we need to make choices to demonstrate godly compassion. you see when you 're loving your spouse you 're showing compassion when you 're loving your children you 're showing compassion when you 're loving your neighbor you 're showing compassion. When that neighbor needs a TV move from the second story down to the first floor, you're showing compassion. Amen? Amen. Amen. high uh, ah well Two. hot tub too you got to show them compassion amen but you got to know about the need amen so here's what I want to tell you about this morning here's a great example for for you parents to pass on to your children and grandchildren how many how many remember in the Old Testament where they would set up memorials they would God would lead them through a period a tribulation a trial and then in that process as they became victorious they would would set up a memorial and put stones or or build a memorial there. And the purpose for that was so that when they came by that way again, because you will, God will bring you by your past tribulations, your past sorrows again. How many know that? It's for you to be able to pass on to your children and grandchildren and to the, and the tell them, Hey, can I tell you about the time God delivered me here, the time I wasn't feeling good, the time God gave me strength, the time God healed my body? Amen? Well, then build a memorial. How about the time God delivered you? Then build a memorial. Amen? How about the time God pulled you out of the pit where you just felt so depressed, so so out of it, so not wanting to be around people? And God delivered you from that. Build a memorial, amen? Has God ever met a financial need for you today? Has God ever delivered you out of of financial stress? Then build a memorial. And pass that on to your kids. Let them know what God helped you with. Every one of you here today have memorials that you need to share with your children, your grandchildren. Because if you don't tell them, nobody will. And believe me, those, those testimonies, of praise is really what they are. They will make a lasting impression upon your children. Uh, It's been great the last few years for my children to see how God moves according to prayer, according to answered prayer, specific answered prayer. Because my children have seen the handwriting that we, the time we got together at a kitchen table and begin to write out Lord, this is what we want in a house that we're, we're going to expect you to provide for, Lord. We're going to want this. And we, we all contributed to this handwritten list and they saw it come to fruition. And now, every time we go, we go home, we're coming to a, a memorial. It's really a memorial because we've given that to the Lord and said, our house will be served as a house for the Lord. And my kids see that. that that's just one of many examples that they've seen. Every one of you here today need to do that with your grandchildren, do that with your kids, do that with, with kids that maybe aren't even related to you. You're, you're just passing on wisdom to them, amen? Sharing with them, encouraging them. We need memorials to help us share our faith with our children. Build a memorial of the great things that God has done for you in your life. He has been good to us because we serve a good, good father, Amen. amen. Too many times we forget the things that God for, has done for us when we're in the middle of a battle. Too many times we forget about the good things God has done for us when we're, when we're right in the middle of a battle. And how quickly we are to forget those good things. See, we each of us should be pointing back to Satan and showing him, Satan, there's that memorial that the Lord delivered me from, where the Lord healed me, where the Lord saved me, where the Lord brought me out of distress and depression, and he's brought me to a good place now. I'm on, I stand on the rock now. Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus. Amen? Yes. That's what we need to declare to our kids and our grandkids. And here this morning in closing, because I'm, I'm keeping this short this morning, uh, closing, I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 and 2, and then I'm going to skip down to verses 7 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says the following. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe... In the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. And then skipping down to verse 7, it says this, impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses, and on your gates. Amen and amen. What a legacy that you will leave behind if you begin to do that now with your kids and your grandkids. Amen? amen. Joshua 4 and 22 through 24 says the following, "'Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. "'For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you "'until you had crossed over. "'And the Lord your God did to the Jordan "'just what he had done to the Red Sea "'when he dried it up before us "'until we had crossed over.'" How many remember that in the Bible? And in each instance, there was a memorial built Verse 24 says this, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And the reason why we will build memorials, why we need to leave them behind, is because of this reason alone. They're signposts to the world. They're signs that are left behind for the world to see. So that when you get to that place again, you can share with unbelievers. Can I tell you about the time God delivered me here? Can I tell you about the time God provided healing for me over here? How God gave me assurance that He would never leave me nor forsake me when I felt all alone. Can I tell you about that time? And they're going to have to listen to you because that's your testimony. And believe me, here today the devil can't Steal your testimony. He, he'll argue with you on, on the Word of God. He'll test you on this, but He can't take away your testimony. Your testimony is powerful, it's unique, and God's given it to each of you. Each of you today have a testimony. Amen? Amen. Each of you have memorials today that serve as signposts to the world, to this lost world today. Amen.